Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another edition of Talking Titans with the Sick Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Afridi, uh, joined, as always, by my two co-hosts, Jarrett and Vin. Uh, we've got a very, very, very special guest to bring in today uh, to, to, to cover all things Titans, as we always do. Uh, got a lot on our mind. We're going to get it all out as usual. So, Sammy, start me off. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Talking Titans. Ladies and gentlemen, 94 yards. Touchdown, Titans! He is the baddest man in the NFL! And he just took her to the house! The Sickest Tennessee Titans Podcast. Sick! It's gonna be sick. All right, back as always. Uh, another edition of Talking Titans. Uh, I can't wait to bring this uh, gentleman on tonight. He's uh, someone I've followed for a very long time. If you didn't know, uh, he's followed the or he's been covering the Titans uh, for almost twenty five years now. Um, so we're very very happy to have him on, Mr. Jim Wyatt. Jim, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. I hope you guys are doing well. We are, we are. We we can we can see you at the airport. We really appreciate you taking the time out to join us. Um, you know, obviously this time of year for everyone in the sports media world is very busy. So uh, again, really, really appreciate you taking the time out to uh, to speak with us tonight. I'm glad to do it. I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, looks like all you guys are pretty big Titans fans based on your backgrounds and uh, jerseys on the wall and headbands. So uh, appreciate you having me on, and glad to talk about the Titans. Absolutely. So uh, we'll jump right into it. I, I'll start start off with a question. Uh, I asked this similar question to Corey Curtis, who we had on last week. Uh, I think the, the, the easiest subject of discussion amongst all Titan fans at this current moment right now uh, is where are we going at the quarterback position in 2023? Now, I know there are numerous outlets. There's rumors left and right. Uh, and I know it's it's almost impossible to give a definitive answer of what's going to be happening in the coming months. Uh, but obviously you are much, much closer to the organization than any of the three of us. And I'm just curious, Jim, it, it, do you have a sense uh, of where, you know, the room is as far as the quarterback position? And do you, do you get that there might be a better chance of something happening rather than something else happening? Any insight you have would be much appreciated. Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't know if I can say definitively what's going to happen there. You know, I think uh, in my old days covering the team when I was with the Tennessean, I used to snoop around and talk to agents, and, and uh, I sometimes felt like I was even more clued in when I was doing it the uh, uh, old way where I'm you know, 
roll my sleeves up and trying to figure out what they're not telling me. It's I'm kind of in a unique situation now where I work for the team and and if I knew exactly what was going on, I'm not exactly sure <laughs> I could say. Uh, I will say <laughs> I will say this. I mean, I, I think it's still very early in the process. You know, Rand Carthon's just been on board a couple of weeks. Uh, he was asked about Ryan Tannehill at his introductory press conference, kind of gave a vague a- answer that I think led some people to believe that, hey, maybe he's not committed to Ryan. But I think the reality is, is he just got on the job. He couldn't say one way or the other. Uh, I think a lot of factors come to play. I think Ryan Tannehill's contract is a part of it. You know, he's supposed to make a lot of money. If you go to him trying to get him to take some, you know, trying to work with you or you're doing it to try to extend him for a year, that's how you could potentially lower his number or are you just trying to make something happen for this year? I know, I've, you know I do a mailbag a couple of times a week. I get the Tom Brady questions. I get the Aaron Rodgers question. Got one today that uh, you know pretty much wanted any quarterback in NFC East or uh, <laughs> or either of those two guys. You know, I think some people want to stick with Josh Dobbs. You know, some people say give Malik Willis a chance. I mean, you got so many factors in play. If I had to say just without asking any questions, I'd say you know Tanny Hill is certainly in play. I could see a scenario where they they try to extend him and try to keep it together for a little bit longer, but I think it's still really too early to know for sure what's going to happen because I think some conversations are going to have to take place and see what he's willing to do. Just to piggyback off the quarterback question, since the other hot, it's another hot topic with the offensive coordinator. There was a report before the Kansas City game yesterday that uh, Eric Benemy uh, is is being his name is being tossed around of one of two teams. Uh, that he could possibly go to as an offensive coordinator, but he would leave for a defensive-minded head coach. So Titans are kind of in that situation. Do you see them going that way since we haven't hired an OC yet? I mean, Tim Tim Kelly is still, you know, in in house. But you think they're like waiting for Nagy or or Eric? I think I think uh, you know. Last week I heard that potentially one of the things that was kind of not holding up the process process. Not holding up the progress necessarily, but I think Mike Vrabel and wanting to do his due diligence and trying to talk to as many people as he possibly could heard that one thing that could be going on is he's waiting to see what happens with coaches who are still alive in the playoffs. And I'm assuming that to mean a couple of Chiefs assistants. So I think that's a part of it. I think Tim Kelly's in play, obviously. I think Mike Vrabel, uh, I know he's interviewed some other people for that job. Um, and then we'll kind of see how things shake out and I think once you have an OC in place then that's when you start answering questions about personnel and what you do at QB and what you do you know how you want to approach I, I get a lot of questions about Derek Henry and just how much longer this team is going to continue to go with him being the focal point of the offense if you got a new offensive coordinator maybe he's got different uh, ideas but uh, I would think in the not so distant future I think Mike Vrabel is going to have a decision and um and I wouldn't be surprised if you see a number of guys, um, you know, it would be, be surprised to see a number of guys agree to it again in the not so distant future. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thanks for having you on. I mean, coming on, Jim, I, you were one of my first followers on Twitter when I first got on, probably at least 10 years ago. We definitely probably had a few disagreements as well. Um, but um, to piggyback off of actually what you said, and I'm glad you brought it up, not to say I want to cut Derrick Henry by any means, but with the new GM in place, you know, and potentially new coordinators, you don't know what their philosophy is going to be and, you know, what players they might want to keep, some players they might want to get rid of. 
Um, I know you work for the organization and you can't really, you know, give anything away, but do you think there is a player that a lot of fans think might be cut that we could end up keeping and then vice versa? Is there a player that a lot of players expect us to, to keep that we end up cutting? Uh, as far as, as guys that could get cut, I mean, I, I think, you know, you look at guys who are owed some big money coming up. Uh, and I don't know that I want to say decisions have been made, okay, this guy's making this, so we're cutting them. Uh, we can't afford them. I, I think, again, you've got conversations going to be taking place with guys who are scheduled to make a lot of money and say, hey, man, and I would be surprised if, if, if they sit, tell certain guys, hey, you know, we want to have your back, but we can't pay you this. And if a guy's willing to play for a, a lesser number, then maybe you keep him if he's not then you set them free. That's happened a lot of times where I think they wanted to keep guys, but guys weren't willing to budge, and then they go somewhere else. But, I mean, I look at the guys who are scheduled, who have big numbers. Tanny Hill's one of them. Bud Dupree's one of them. Zach Cunningham's one of them. Taylor Lewan's one of them. Robert Wood's one of them. I mean, all those guys have big money contracts. Kevin Byard. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I think you go to some of those guys and say, hey, we want you back. Would you be willing to play for this amount? And um, and then maybe you reach a compromise. I think there will be some cases where the Titans have seen enough and it's just time to move on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not not to cut you off or anything, but availability is another thing with these guys yeah. that you mentioned, except Robert Woods. Robert Woods played most of the – actually, I think all the games this year. But you got Taylor Lewan again, two, two years out of three, and Bud Dupree constantly, you know, hurt, and that hurts the defense. So, I mean – do we move on? Do we not? That's that's the lingering question. Like we're all like we're all saying. Yeah, and with Lawan, I mean, I, I, he's got to make a decision himself. I mean, yeah, he's made a lot of money. You know, he got hurt. You know, he, he had the surgery early last year, was sidelined. I know he's you know, enjoying his life, doing bustle with the boys. You know, he's lost some weight. I mean, this guy's had a really good career. I think at some point he maybe decides that maybe it's time to enjoying my family and, and walk away from the game. I, I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, hope to run into him here at the, you know, at the Super Bowl next week in Phoenix and, and ask him, you know, a question or two. But um, I think some players are going to have to make a decision. Robert Woods, I think, you know, personally, I'd like to see Robert Woods back. I don't know if you can pay him the money he's supposed to make, but, uh, you know, another year removed from the ACL surgery, maybe with a better – uh, play, offensive plan in place where you could utilize his skills more. I think he has some value to this team, especially with an emerging Traylon Burks and adding some more bodies to that. You know, when when Robert Woods signed here, he thought he was going to be playing next to AJ Brown, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, AJ's gone. You're bringing a rookie in Traylon Burks who had trouble staying healthy this season. Kyle Phillips was supposed to be a part of the equation. He couldn't stay healthy, only up end up playing in, in four games, and all of a sudden you're asking Robert Woods to do maybe more than he expected to be asked to do. And uh, so I'd like I'd like to see him back, but I don't know if you could pay him what he's scheduled to make. So that, that's another conversation you've got to have. Yeah, so Jim, one thing that stood out for me during the, the Carthon presser when Vrabel went up on the stand is that, you know, he mentioned how a big focal point this offseason is we got to try to get in the end zone more. And we need to try to get into the red zone more. Obviously, those two, two go hand in hand. Um, I, one thing I've been preaching for a long time now is that I feel like this team needs a new offensive identity. I think since this organization's inception, um, they've pretty much been a run-first offense through thick and thin. 
through all the different regimes. This has always been an offense that relies heavily on the run. And I think you would also agree, you know, you know, football in the 21st century now is, is much more of a throwing league than it is a passing league. So my question, therefore, for you is, um, re- regardless of who they bring in as the coordinator, do you think this team decides to possibly take a different approach to how, you know, they, they try to progress their offense considering – you know, as much success as they've had over the past years, it, it doesn't seem to be able to get them over the hump to take the next step. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a, that a lot of that depends on who the OC ends up being. You know, I, I know Mike Vrabel loves Derrick Henry. I know Mike Vrabel thinks you can win with a formula where you've got a, 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 the best running back in the league and you've got some good players around him. Unfortunately, last year the Titans didn't have enough good players around Derrick Henry. And Brian Tannehill couldn't stay healthy. And you had an offensive line that, that, that had trouble to protect an offseason. You had receivers that had trouble getting separation and had trouble staying on the field. So the formula last year just didn't work. But if you have Derrick Henry and you have you know a line that can protect the quarterback and you have weapons around Henry, I, I still think you can win. I, I think last year's team, and I said it at the time, I, I think last year's team – was the Super Bowl team. They, they beat the Bengals, they won the Super Bowl. And that, that would have proven that that formula can work. It doesn't work when you don't have as good of players uh, around Henry, and we saw that this past season. So, uh, now, I'm curious myself who the offensive coordinator ends up being, but I think once you get that guy in place, yeah, you've got to start answering some of those philosophical questions about how you want to move forward. But the first thing you got to do is you better get better up front. You've got to keep your quarterback from getting hit and getting hurt. And you better have some receivers who can stretch the field, and uh, you know. And the Titans didn't have that last year. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Jerry. No. So, Jim, you're you're on your way to the Senior Bowl, and um, I know you do a lot of homework going into into these things. Do you have any like two or three guys that you want to take a look at for the Titans? You know, as spotlights to you know before you go out there, you want to say it on the podcast. To be honest with you, I, I'm doing most of, a lot of my research on the plane. I'm <laughs> getting ready to catch because I've been preparing to, t- you know, for an interview for. I'm supposed to talk to Rand Carthon in the morning, so uh, I've been prepping for that and prepping to maybe talk to the other couple of prospects. I just printed out the Senior Bowl list before I left my house. I'll probably study up on it then. Uh, you know, the reality is a lot of kind of diamonds in the rough come from the senior bowl where I think at the combine, obviously you've got more of the marquee names and they're the ones that are easier where I can say, okay, I want this. It'd be great to have this guy. Great to have this guy. Great to have this guy. I think at the senior bowl, it's different. I'm curious. I'm hoping to talk to Henry Hooker down there. I don't know that necessarily he's a Titans target, but I know he's there. Uh, there's a lot of intrigue, you know, in our area about him. Um, and there's some other players I'm curious about, but, um, as far as naming prospects, uh, probably too early for me to really f- find out who a favorite is yet. I, I think when I watch some of these practice practices, that's when I'll be able to, to tell maybe who I like better. Fair enough. Very, you got to get into politics. For you, not to uh, be the dead horse, but back. I know we want to look forward. I've asked this question before a million times to myself in the head, and we talked about it on the podcast before. Um, I want to know where you think maybe Amy Adams' hesitancy was 
in firing Todd Downing in the middle of the season when she was so willing to let go of our general manager in the middle of the season. Um, it's clear that, you know, obviously we were undermanned this year, but for the past two years since uh, Todd Downing took over, you know, our offense took a big step back. So I'm just wondering, you know, do you think there was a reason why she was maybe a little hesitant to let go of him when she was so willing to let go of our GM? Well, I think that's uh, really, I mean, I think the, the reason that that didn't happen is because I think that uh, Amy Adams Strunk has let Mike Vrabel kind of, um, you know, make decisions on his coaching staff. And uh, I think that was a Vrabel call as far as keeping Todd Downing and letting him finish the season and not, I don't think Vrabel saw him as the biggest problem, although, you know, judging from my Twitter feed and from my mailbag and from, you know, listening to podcasts and, and radio shows, obviously that's what the fan base thought. You know, Todd Downing, you know, didn't get the job done this year, and there's no question about that. Uh, I don't want to say I defended him during the course of the season, but I, I will say that I did point out um, – you know, a lot of times when people were coming for his head that, hey, let's tell it like it is. He's Look who his receivers are. And we just got through talking about how these guys don't can't get any separation and can't stay on the field. We've talked about how, let's be honest, how bad the offensive line was this year. Uh, we've talked about how much trouble Malik Willis had any time he got called on to, to play, in, you know, for Ryan Tannehill. Um, those are not all. That's not all Todd Downing's fault. Uh, with that said, you know, he, he lacked creativity, I thought. He was stubborn at times. Uh, you know, didn't do enough to uh, keep defenses guessing. And as a result, this team couldn't score points and couldn't get it done in the red zone. And uh, so I, I don't think you – know, I'm not sitting here saying he – deserved to be back in 2023 because I think based on what we saw last year, he, di he didn't deserve to be back. Uh, you know, as far as why uh, she decided to make that move with John Robinson, that was her call. And I think a lot of that was based on, you know, some of the personnel decisions that were made over the years, you know, whether that was in the draft or whether it was in free agency. I think also it had to do with uh, she wanted more collaboration and felt like um, maybe he wasn't involving everyone in some of the decisions that were made. And that's, again, who he wanted to bring in in free agency and sign, maybe who some of these guys the team picked in the draft. You know, I think there were times where John fell in love with the guy or decided this is who I want. And when others kind of voiced the other side and felt like, you know, hey, I, I don't know about this. I don't, I don't know that he always, you know, took their viewpoints into consideration as much as he should have. And I don't know that there was as much um, communication as everyone would have liked in that building. So I think it got to the point where they felt like it, you know, and she felt like it was time to move on and uh, start fresh with someone else and pair someone else with Mike Vrabel where you're going to have a good working relationship moving forward. And I think she just decided, you know, I need to do this early December, 
get ahead of the game as far as trying to find some new candidates, get the interview process going right when the season's ended, and then be ready to hire a GM within two weeks of the year ending. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, so I think that was simply a matter that was more – the GM was more her call and the, head, and the offensive coordinator decision was more of a variable call. Mm. Oh, that was a, I, we got way more out of you on that question than I thought we would. So thank you for being, uh, you know, confirming what many of us fans, especially us three guys down here in Jersey, you know, thought was uh, the case. You just confirmed it for us. So, you know, I, that was a really, really great answer. Jim. Yeah, and I'll say this about John Robinson. I, you know, he had some good qualities, as you guys know. He made some good picks. He made some good moves. But, uh, but he had some bad misses. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, and yeah, I think – showed up. Yes, and, it's, and that contributed to it. But it, but it, but it, but it wasn't all personnel, personnel uh, you know, shortcomings there. And, uh, you know, I've seen from afar, you know, a lot of people just jump on the notion that um, – that, he was fired after, you know, the Eagles game because the owner was upset at, the, at AJ Brown going off against the Titans. That's not the case because I'd kind of heard, you know, potentially of this of that coming down the pike before that game was even played. So that just told me, you know, confirmed for me that that's not why that decision was made because it almost happened a week prior. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, Jim, I, I can't thank you enough for you taking the time out. I got to plan the catch. I got one more quick question to ask you. Um, a lot of us, especially me, only because I've I've been a fan of this team before they were even in Nashville. Um, you know, we heard rumblings a couple of years ago, and specifically last year, that 2023 would be the season that we got to see our Titans in their old uh, Honolulu blue. Um, is there any any news just confirming that that's the case? Because I've heard you know different opinions that it, it, we might have to wait another year or whatnot. Do you, any info on that that you can share with us? Oh, I think it's going to happen. Yeah, everything I've heard between point to 2023, uh, I don't know that we'll have any official news until maybe this summer. I heard maybe June or July is when that potentially will be made public, but. I have not heard any uh, roadblocks or any detours that would keep it from happening. And, uh, you know, when somebody asked me in the mailbag last week, maybe what game would they break that Oilers uniform out for? And I kind of said, well, it seemed like it'd be perfect to have it for the Oilers. I mean, for the Texas game. Uh, yeah, just I'm think it, thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's uh, that's kind of what I'm uh, – if I had to – I was a betting man. I think I'd put my money on the Texans game at Nissan Stadium. I think a lot of people felt feel like, well, maybe the Titans would wear them down in Houston. I think you wear them in Nashville for maybe a Oilers homecoming reunion weekend like the Titans have had in years past and, uh, and let the home team celebrate them instead of having the, uh, the, some of the people in Houston be upset that they're wearing them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jim, again, thanks so, so much for, for stopping by. Um, we hope you have a, an excellent time at the, the Senior Bowl. As you can see on the screen there, make sure to follow Jim Wyatt Sports on Twitter, uh, head reporter for Tennessee Titans. Again, thanks so, so much for stopping by, and uh, hopefully maybe we can have you on a little bit closer to the draft when you've gotten some more scouting in, and uh, we can dive into that rabbit hole of what we're doing with pick number 11. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a better idea on these prospects here after this week and then certainly after the – after the combine, it's been a whirlwind, uh, you know, a couple of weeks with a lot of other stuff. But, um, 
Yeah, it's the busy stretch coming up. I got the Senior Bowl the next couple of days. Got the Pro Bowl coming up after that, and then the in Phoenix for the Super Bowl the week after that. So hopefully, I can come up with some Titans content along the way, and then we'll we'll be getting closer to free agency and probably a lot of moves. Hopefully, we'll have a coaching staff uh, solidified here in the next couple of weeks, and uh, and the roster will start to take shape for 2023. It's gonna be a busy offseason, a lot of changes. That's for sure. But, but give you guys a lot to talk about. So I appreciate you having me on, and uh, I enjoyed it. Thanks, Thanks Thank you, Jim. Jim. Safe flight, Jim. Good flight. Okay, appreciate it. All right. Jim White joining us. The GOAT. Yes. Big, big, big. Answers. I thought he, he dove into the yeah. question. He gave some lefts and some rights and some uppercuts. He to me saying he should get into politics, and then he gave <clears> the <throat> real scoop on my <laughs> Boy, that was that was uh, – he confirmed it, but we were all thinking, you know, so maybe we're not as crazy as we think. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, uh, I know he said, you know, the, the Philly game didn't really have any – didn't put any any nails in the coffin. But, I mean, I'll tell you, I, that that A.J. Brown, John Robinson, Dap, and, and Hug, I, I really – the more it's you think hurts. about it, it, it's got – it has – because listen, Amy and, and Mike can get away with it. Cause they had nothing to do with this shit. And you could you saw on draft night how pissed off Mike Vrabel was when it happened. John Robinson, that's a different story. I mean, he is the sole reason why AJ Brown will be playing the, in Man. two weeks in the Super Bowl. That's that's two guys kind of confirming it back to back week. We had Corey Curtis yeah. say the marriage um, separated it, and now Jim White kind of confirming it too. I mean, like they said, dancing on the Broadway and tell tell this, and then yeah. Jim, Jim even saying like he had a lot of decisions yeah, that were on his own. Not- show it seemed like and yeah. you know he finally made a decision that was the straw that broke the camel's back and amy probably saw it as you know slap in the face him, but like yeah slap in the face i never want to use that analogy when it comes to a woman but it was you know slap in the face to her you know we gotta watch what we say nowadays yeah, yeah. i know well, we're not we're not pc here we know that yeah it's definitely uh Clapping the face to her, and you know, she was probably, you know, been fed up with it, but that was probably, it was like, you know, when you're talking to that, you know, ex girlfriend for a while, and she's uh, leading you on, and then you see her talk to someone she said she wasn't going to talk to anymore, and then you're like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm done. Listen, the guy said on national television on the Rich Eisen show, as long as I'm the head coach of the Titans, AJ Brown is not on the trading block. And then we got to all witness live a reality show, unlike anything you've ever seen, where this guy trades this fucking kid right in front of his face, and he had no idea what was happening. Remember so, the video I mean, my girlfriend took me on that she put on TikTok. Oh yeah, I got yeah. it saved on my favorites. She uh she she was getting comments on it after the Eagles game yesterday, saying this didn't age well, yada yada. Then we picked up a couple more thousand views. But, I think uh, it aged perfectly. You said it yourself. I'm going to have to fucking move. And look what he's doing now. He broke the fucking single season record. Nope. He's about to play in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. What yeah. do I mean? Jesus Christ, yeah, guys. He's, John Robinson definitely set us back. And hopefully oh, uh, Grant Carthon gets us back on track. So Yeah. And listen, I got a lot of. It's a fixable problem, though. It's a very fixable problem. It starts with this guy behind me. That's where it starts. Yeah. Uh, he's a big part of it. That's for sure. Absolutely. Okay. It's a fixable problem if they go about it in the right way because if they miss, they're on the brink of a rebuild. But if they can retool it and get it right, you know, like Jared said, it's a, it's a retool, not a rebuild. If they get it right, it's a it's a team that could definitely compete again yes. next year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we've said it till we're blue in the face. It started. There's there's two, well, technically three things. I know it sounds like a lot, but it really isn't. 
you got to figure out your offensive line, and they don't need to be best in the league. They just got to be average, right? Got to get an offensive coordinator who isn't a fucking Nimrod. Hopefully that happens. Then you got to get a quarterback who can win in January. And right now we don't have a quarterback who can win in January, and no one's going to tell me we do. So you figure out those three things. You don't need to fucking rebuild shit. Okay, your secondary isn't great, but it's good enough. You get it all. You get in a, a rookie or a free agent, you know, to to, to tie in with McCreary and Fulton. Your 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 defensive line, at least for next year, should be fine. Okay, you're gonna get Landry back. Still got Autry. Still got Jeff. You know, Tart's coming along nicely. Well, well, getting, uh, well, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna give you the floor, my friend. Don't you worry. <laughs> don't you worry. I'm giving you the floor. Um, but listen, yeah, it doesn't need to be a rebuild, but it, it, it starts with a QB in my opinion. And listen, I, I don't know what, yeah, you guys, said the QB, you guys said the QB. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I was a Tannehill guy, but I'm not even going to go with the quarterback. Like you said, it starts with the guy behind you and that's Traylon Burks. Okay. But we also have guys behind him that can't stay healthy, can't get separation and, Plain and simple, they suck. Nick Westbrook, Kina, gets Nick, separation Nick, Westbrook, yeah, Nick, Nick Westbrook, Kina sucks. Mason Kinley can't get on the field because he sucks. All these other guys are horrible. How about we bring in another crafty veteran? I don't know, maybe DJ Shark, maybe Jacoby Myers, uh, someone, and then maybe Shark, draft another Shark guy. Shark or Lazard, those are the only two for me. Liz, Lazard, we need we need separation. We need speed. Whether we go with, uh, with a, a wide receiver at eleven or in the second round, something needs to give with this position because we've lacked it obviously since AJ Brown's left. So hopefully this guy can be the one. And these guys are you know plug in play place uh, pieces for us. You know that helps Derrick Henry out uh, run the ball. So. Yeah, that, that's my thing. The wide receiver and O line, but I'm going to put well, obviously you know wide receiver. I mean, um, o- offensive line first, but wide receiver is definitely the next big. The crazy thing is, is that I mean, literally, this offseason is going to be a domino. Literally, oh one after the other. It's got to start. The GM signing was great, but nothing's been done yet. So as soon as that first domino falls, which will be the OC, then the quarterback, then the draft. Assuming, or it could be flopped. It could be the draft first, and then that's when we get the quarterback, and then this, and then that, and then who's trading what. And you know, there's a million things that, need, that needs to happen before we get a real gauge of what this 2023 team is going to look like. Yeah. But you know, the, the the blocks that we need to build are there. Starts with the OC. Then you need a quarterback. Then you need offensive line. Everything else you can you can maintain a competent football team with the way it is now. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. But I, I cannot wait to get into this next story. Um, we're gonna let. Vin share with everyone uh first hand event that took place uh just a, about a week ago right about a week yeah, ago yeah we could go today's monday right so yeah we could yeah go. and i was floored by the story and i couldn't wait for him to share with everyone and who knows this could this could be a, a table turning event for how this team handles this contract moving forward once this goes viral so Vin, uh, you have the floor explain to us your interaction with one of our stars so I uh, traveled for work last week. I had a, a national sales meeting in Dallas, Texas, and I was, which annoys me about flying in general, is I didn't bring a a, um, a check on bag, but the overhead storage was fucking full, so I had to check the bag, which that's another topic for another day. So I'm waiting by the carousel when I get off my flight for, uh, you know, the bags to come. And as I'm just sitting there, you know, I have my head down looking on my phone, you know, people watching. I see someone walking towards me and it is just a massive human being. And as he's getting closer to me in my head, I said, that's fucking Jeffrey Simmons. So I actually let him walk past me so I could see like the side of his face. to conf- I mean, because if you're not a Titans fan, you know, you really don't know what he might look like. But as a Titans fan, I know what he looks like. 
So I actually let him walk past me so I can see the side of his face to confirm it. And I said, that's Jeffrey Simmons. So I get up, you know, I give a little, you know, two step, you know, I don't run in front of him or touch him or anything, you know, like. You sure you didn't? What? You sure you didn't? Uh, maybe. Anyway, yeah. I run in front, you know, I get in front of him. I say, hey, you're Jeffrey Simmons, right? Yeah. And I put my hand out and he kept walking. And I said, I can't, can't get a handshake or a picture. And he goes, I'm in a rush. I said, I'm, I'm a big fan. I appreciate that. Wait, just, I forgot. He didn't even shake your hand? No, nah, he didn't shake my hand. Oh my he just God. kept walking. He was in such a rush that he was walking at a snail's pace. Now, as a little kid, I might have ran him down and, you know, begged a little more. But as a 31, you know, year old man, I, I, I can't be looking desperate to get a, you know, a picture. Of I'd be desperate as fuck. But then, but then when you got your luggage and you were scrolling out, your head was down. You're like, shit. Yeah, I, I know. It was it was very deflating. You know, it, it's, you know, and I don't want to sound like I'm talking, you know, down to any professional athlete, but, you know, anyone who has a, a favorite team, let alone someone, you know, people, us three who have, you know, been with this team since the inception and, been through the ups and downs with the team, but guess what? Every year, all of us find a game to go to, whether we go to Nashville or we have to go to Philly or Baltimore or New England or the Meadowlands, we find a game to go to because it means that much to us. And I wasn't asking the guy to come to my nephew's birthday party and fly to, to Jersey or Philly. I asked him for, you know, put my hand out and he didn't dab me up, asked for a picture, you know, refused it. Um, so it is, it was a disheartening feeling to think like, wow, especially when three weeks prior, us three were defending him on the podcast and how there was idiots out there who said we should trade him for the first package up him and the 11th pick for the Bears and go get a quarterback. And us three, you know, really were like, just, just stop talking. You sound stupid. Jeffrey Simmons is the best defensive tackle in the league, not named Aaron Donald. You can talk about Fletcher Cox. You can talk about, you know, uh, Chris Jones. You can talk about a lot of different players. But Jeffrey Simmons, at full health, is the second best defensive tackle in this league. And whenever Aaron Donald decides to hang it up. Could be this year. Could be this year. He's made a lot of money, won a Super Bowl, played in the league a long time. Couldn't move on. Jeffrey Simmons is the, the number one guy. Um, so for – you know, not that he saw the podcast and I felt like he disrespected me after he saw the podcast, but if I felt like after we, you know, myself really, and all obviously, you know, you two as well, put put our necks out for him, not put our necks out for him, but defended him and said, absolutely not, we cannot trade this guy, give him a blank check. Then I meet the guy in person and listen, he could have had a bad flight, he could have had a long night, he could have had a sick relative, I don't know. You know, you don't never know what anyone's going through. Um but it would have took 10 seconds, you know, and it would have made my day. You know what I mean? It would have Absolutely. been on Instagram. It would have made my year in 2003, oh my God. you know. It would have made my fucking decade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it was like a, kind of like a slap in the face for like a frustrate to. And, you know, it's like, wow, like I love this team more than, you know, there's only a few things I love more than this team. And, you know, when a star player who I just went on the record defending and I've been talking about for years – you know, refuses a handshake, you know, it was, it was like a slap in the face to me. And, you know, it'd be one thing that he was running through the airport and said he was in a rush, but he literally was walking at a snail's pace, denied the handshake, denied the picture, said he was in a rush, which, 
to me was like, you know, a bullshit excuse. But Jeffrey Simmons, if you see this, I uh, will accept your apology. If you want to apologize, you can come on here and talk to us about it. I'd <laughs> love to have you, Big Jeff, because guess what? You're going to be a part of this team for a long time. So you got some time to make it up to me, you know, sign jersey, tickets, fly all three. You're going to fly all three of us out, just me. <clears throat> oh, Okay. All right, enough. That now your storytelling time's over, okay? Yeah. But um, no, yeah, I wanted to um, you know, I don't want to air the guy out and make him look bad because, like I said, you never know what someone's going through. But listen, I met Cam Newton at the airport. I met Jeff Saturday at the airport. Who's um, that? Yeah, he's the he's a great guy. Is what he is. Um, and they took the time to sign. Cam Newton signed my boarding pass for me. I still have it. Jeff Saturday, he actually took two minutes to talk to me, took a pictures with me. So, you know, I feel like, you know, as a professional athlete, I understand you get a lot of attention, but we weren't in Nashville where everyone knows who he is. We were in Dallas, Texas, and he wasn't getting hounded by people. I was the only guy. So I felt like he could have done what I feel was the right thing and took 10 seconds out of his day to say, I appreciate you, shook my hand, took a picture. And, you know, I would have had his jersey right next to Henry's. Although, if he wants to sign one and send it, I'll still put it yeah. up. Listen, there. everything you said. I mean, your, your feelings are completely validated. I, I, I almost went into a fucking meltdown because the team's Twitter page blocked me. Right, something that has nothing to do with any of the players at all. And I felt like the biggest smack in the face that you could possibly have. And I didn't. Did I even really go? I'm not going to tonight. But I, did I even dive into that on the show at all about what happened with that yeah. situation? I did? Okay, yeah. but regardless. So I know exactly how you feel. And you know what? Fuck that. I don't, you, no matter what he's going through, first of all, dude's been, a, dude's been a superstar for 10 minutes, okay? He's not Tom Brady. He's not fucking Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Judge or Aaron anyone. Aaron, yeah, Aaron Donald. Uh, you know, he's been a superstar for a very, very short time. So his head should not be very big. Could there be things going on in his life? Sure. I doubt it. Okay, I doubt it. And all you had to do, you couldn't even shake the fucking guy's hand. There's no excuse for it. It's a douchebag move. I was very pissed off when I heard about it. I'm even more pissed off about it because I didn't even realize the guy wouldn't even fucking give you a pound or a shake or anything. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't change that he's the best defensive player on the team, but it, it's just a bad look. And I know there's some people that are going to see this and go like, what the fuck? Like, who give it? Like, why do you guys give a shit? Why should we give a shit? You shouldn't. And it doesn't matter if you do or don't. But for the record, it's a, it's a, it's a douchey thing. And I hope that it doesn't continue because uh, for all the good this guy does to treat a fan like that. Salary. We pay his salary. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. Everyone of his son. One of those or one of those. Yeah. Nobody, nobody supports this guy more than Titan fans, obviously. And clearly, you know, he got a second, he got a break. He got a second chance, man. He made a really, really big mistake pre-draft. Yes, and we took did. the chance on him. And, you know, the least he can do is show a little bit of gratitude. You know, yeah. you don't need to give the guy you, need, you don't need to sign a fucking boarding pass for him. But you could give him a handshake, take a quick picture and move along your way. So yeah. uh, really didn't like hearing that. And hopefully, you know, Jeff uh, learns his lesson and, and shows more love to the fans uh, because, you know, we, we would all love to be in your position, Mr. Simmons, where you're going to be making 30 million a year to play a fo- play a game that you love to play. So. Um, yeah, we got We got to wrap up real quick. So as we do every week, we got to move on back to our quarterback elimination, um, you, you know, uh, topic as we've done each week. There's been another uh, removed quarterback from the list. Mr. Dobbs, sorry, you are not. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. 
Um, and we're going to move on through here. We've got our final six here. I see a man's face that I can't believe I'm still fucking seeing. But nevertheless, uh, we're going to jump back into it. Guys, give me each your next uh, elimination of the six left. Vin? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do uh, the honors for you and say that I don't want Ryan Tannehill on this team. I think he did a lot for us, but guess what? It's, it's so did John Robinson, but at a certain time, just like we moved on from him, we have to move on from Tannehill as well. Um, he's getting a little long in the tooth. He got banged up this year. Um, I don't think – I think we've seen his ceiling as the Titans quarterback. Um, even when we were loaded with, you know, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis and John New Smith and Khalif Raymond, who I still talk about, had a great year in Detroit, Derrick Henry. You know, Tannehill couldn't put us over that hump. Um, so I am done with Ryan Tannehill, especially at the number that we would have to take him on at. Although I'm sure if we did, it would be at a reduced price. Um, but still, I think it's – listen, we got a new GM. We're going to have a new coordinator. I think it's time for a, a new quarterback as well. So, Absolutely. Jarrett? I will finally agree with you guys on here, <laughs> and I will eliminate the whole entire bottom row since I already done that. And obviously, Mr. Dobbs and Willis has joined us on this. But for me, our quarterback might not even be on this board. To be honest with you, I, I know. I, I fucking know, sure hope he is. I know who I know who I want to see on this board right now. But maybe the quarterback of the future is not on the board. But we will see. What some guy? What the uh, the Florida kid? I don't, I don't know. What about a, a Trey Lance? I'm not sure. But no, who, no, who knows? No, no, no. Who the guy knows? broke his leg in three places like who knows? six months ago. But maybe. I, I, I would say Tannehill. But guess what, guys? Hold on your jaws, okay? Hold hold them up. Because I X'd out Tannehill, X'd out Derek Carr, and my third guy looking at this list is going to be Malik Willis. Malik Willis. Oh. You're off can't the board, it. my friend. Oh, You're my off God. the board. Can't believe it. He's coming <laughs> around. Right. Well, I mean, I, I, look at this board. Look who's left. You got Dobbs. Who, Someone's getting lucky. Dobbs is right now better than him. Obviously, Brady, Bryce Young, or Shroud is a is a obvious. You want either of them. Rodgers, I mean, Lamar. Where, where am I going? I got nowhere else to go. I got to get rid of him. So, he's my third. Um Hopefully the people fucking open their eyes and realize that Ryan Tannehill is not better than any of the six the other five guys left. Realistically, he could be better than Stroud and Bryce Young. But anyway, we got to wrap up. We got uh, we got another great show in there for you today. We'll, we'll let you know obviously as the as the weeks progress. Uh, we'll talk Super Bowl next week, and uh, we'll keep you up to date on any guests we're going to try to bring on. I said it last week. I'll say it again. We're going to integrate you fans in the show. I've heard multiple people want to come on, shoot the shit. Or tell me to go fuck myself. You know, one, one of the one of the two things. Or so, both. or both, probably both. Uh, but yeah. So, anything else you want to guys? You guys want to add before we wrap it up tonight? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Let's I'm get to the Super Bowl. It, I'm glad it didn't burn down last week without me while I was getting rejected by the friend best player on our team. <laughs> yeah, you guys brought it down for me, but I am back. And uh, Jeffrey Simmons, if you want to, you know, right or wrong, I'm I'm here for you, kid. That's it. Listen, folks. Appreciate you joining us again. Uh, another special thanks to Jim White for rolling with us. And uh, as always, tighten up. Jeff, act up, man. <laughs> Jesus. You want that $30 million? You better start fucking sending Vinny some signed boarding passes, all right? <laughs> send me, send me out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. 
Follow the Sick Podcast Talking Titans on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.